Hello, and thank you for joining us in Mapping the Zone, the newest podcast dedicated to informal discussion of the works and context of Thomas Pynchon. Uh, this is our introduction episode, uh, just for listeners to get to know us, the the hosts, um, and to kind of give a little background on both ourselves and uh, the primary focus of this whole thing, Thomas Pynchon. Um, I will start with myself. Um, my name is Cody. Um, I have been a lifelong reader, um, but re I would say in maybe the last 15 years, uh, got into Pinchon really around the time that Inherent Vice came out, um, was when I picked up on him and that kind of kickstarted a, it kind of revamped my love for reading and, um, and gave me opened a whole new set of doors uh, of books that I could go into. Um, and then let's, I guess, just go ahead real quick and go around and introduce ourselves, and we'll get into a little further uh, about each other. Hey, well, I'm, uh, I'm Will, and I'm going to fill the role as a relative noob, I suppose. I've only been reading Pynchon for a few years now, and I'm also, I believe, the youngest of the three of us. And uh, I, I think... Uh, He's got some really interesting stuff to say, and I think it's useful to uh, center our focus on him if we're going to talk about postmodernism at all. All righty. Uh, hey, y'all. I'm Luke. Uh, I've been into pension for about 10 years now, 10, 12 years. Um, yeah, I got into pension about around when I got out of college and suddenly had a bunch of time to read. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so just to give a little background, we, I think the genesis of this, I had wanted to do a podcast around Pinchon for a while. And um, the Pinchon and Public podcast was always there. And I think that was kind of everyone's go to. Um, I, and, you know, I still, whatever happened, you know, I, I wish them all the best because I know they kind of dropped off unexpectedly. So hopefully everything's okay there. But I felt like that void kind of needed to be filled. Um, so I threw out a, a quick, you know, hey, let's maybe try to do this kind of thing in Reddit. Um, and Luke and Will were the were the ones that responded. I was working with someone before, and that kind of unfortunately, you know, life got in the way, um, and she had to to bow out of that. But she'll hopefully come back in some capacity, or you know, at least as a guest or you know something. But um, thankfully, you know, I was able to find a couple of people to get on board with this and and join me in trying to tackle this what i really i think is a pretty big project given the uh the depth and scope not only of his books but of his kind of fandom um I'm, and i'm sure you you guys agree you know there there's a lot of expectation i think on you know quality of doing this and, and at least being, being able to provide a good uh discussion of his of his work yeah exactly uh if if our predecessors or anything to go by, you know, if, if we dedicate ourselves to reading his entire bibliography and discussing him in some depth, it, it'll probably take us, you know, four or five years to get through all of it. Sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. And, and I think part of the appeal for me as a, as a reader, but also in, in trying to do this as a podcast is that given the, kind of nature the the rereadability of Pinchon's work the fact that you can always go back to it no matter how many times you've read it and find new things you know 
in theory, we could do this, you know, go through all the books and then circle back around and find new things to talk about in, in subsequent episodes. So I'm excited to do that. Um, I am curious to know, cause this is something, even though we've had our, our meetings before today, I, I don't think it's come up that we've talked about our favorite works of his. Um, I can say for, for me, um, I am a big, big fan of against the day. That was the second one I read. Uh, I read inherit vice first when, when the movie was coming out and then I picked up, uh, against the day was the only other book of his that my library had at the time. Um, so I picked that up and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I think I just last year finished my fourth reading of that one. So hands down, that one is top tier for me. Yeah. It's been about, it's been about five or six years since I've read a pension book for the, for the first time. Um, against the day also really grabbed me the first time I read it, uh, whenever I was in college and undergrad, I was a history major and I took, uh, two different classes centered around uh the gilded age and then i also took a class based on uh modernism which uh starts just like against the day uh with the chicago world's fair in like 1890 something i think i i forget but um but yeah against the day used to be my favorite um i recently i tried to reread it along with the subreddit and i found myself kind of not being able to keep up with the subreddit and not as into it. Um, I also really enjoy Mason and Dixon um, a lot. I don't, I couldn't really tell you why uh, it's just so immersive and um, the, the mixture of old fashioned stuff with like kind of more cyberpunk or sci-fi elements like the, like the mechanical duck that never ends, <laughs> never stops going and stuff. Um I'm also weirdly a big fan of Bleeding Edge. Um, as a, I was born in the late '80s, and uh, I think Pynchon has a son that's around my age. Um, so, like the Dragon Ball Z references, the references to Pokemon and Bleeding Edge. Uh, I enjoyed Bleeding Edge probably more than most people. I, uh, I mean, talking about my absolute favorite. I mean, it's probably Gravity's Rainbow. Um, growing up, World War II was a pretty big thing i was interested in um i read a lot of like i like for before i was even a teenager i read a lot of adult books about world war ii um so i'm kind of all all three of his long novels are or i really love although um i'm looking forward to getting back into against the day and kind of tearing it apart a little bit more so yeah and for for me i i fell into pension through just randomly happening onto uh, Mason and Dixon one day, and uh, it was hard, but but it was full of full of stuff, and I just loved it. And it's it's uh, other than the Crying of Lot Forty Nine, the only work of his that I've reread yet. Uh, and in the past, in the past two years, I've read all every book of his except for Bleeding Edge, and I still have about 400 pages of Against the Day to finish up. Um, with that in mind, Lot 49, in my opinion, is far from a perfect book, but it might be my favorite just because of how many times I've returned to it. And on the other hand, Gravity's Rainbow is kind of one of those books for me where I picked it up, got about three quarters of the way through it, and said, hey, how dare you? I wanted to write this book. 
So on on some level, it it may well be my favorite in the end, and so may against the day. So I think this is a yeah. I think I think that's fairly predictable. It's hard to decide which of those three masterpieces you'd prefer. Yeah, I, I know for me, I, I just reread Gravity's Rainbow again and walked away from that one um, way more into it than I had been on my previous, I, th- I think that was the third time I've read it. Um, it just, I, I think a lot, especially with his stuff, like a lot of it comes down to reading it at the right time. Like, it, you know, certain elements of it can kind of click with you if, if you're reading it at a certain time in your life or, if, you know, just you know, thematically or, or narratively things click differently. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be really interesting going through these with you guys and, and talking about what we liked about each of these books and, and maybe what we didn't like about them. Um, so let's also, I do kind of want to also just to give some, um, kind of background and, and, broaden people's understandings of where we're coming from i kind of wanted to talk also about um other books that are really important to us or that we feel are just really um up there as as far as you know just well-written books um i know for me i i like i said i've been a reader a long time i started uh with like goosebumps when i was in third or fourth grade when they just came, came out and um got to a point where my mom couldn't keep up with what I was reading and just out of, you know, needing to have me have a book in my hand, I just was allowed to start reading Michael Crichton and Stephen King in like fifth and sixth grade. Um, so I just kind of never really took my foot off the gas from there. So I've always had a soft spot for, especially for King. Um, and I know he gets a lot of derision from people, you know, who think that he's, you know, pulpy or, or not substantive as a writer. I I think that's a fair assessment for some of his books, but some of the stuff he's written, I think, has just been, when he's good and he's at his best, his books are some of the best I've read. Um, they're usually quick reads, even if they're thick books, but I just there's something about his writing style that I really just adore. Um, Kurt Vonnegut's another big one for me. I, I've long been a fan of his work. Um, and I spent a lot of time, especially middle school, um, and late elementary school reading fantasy. So stuff like Lord of the Rings, uh, has always had a huge place in my heart. Um, and I just, I, I think for me, reading is a good way of me escaping the world that we live in and just kind of getting into a different world for a while and, and experiencing different characters and things like that. So I tend to gravitate more towards books where there's a lot of good character development um and obviously i like good narrative as well but uh, and that's something that i love about pinchon is his i think his his ability to craft characters and weave their stories into each other is unparalleled um and so you know that's something that i especially after after reading pinchon for the first time that's something i kind of look for in in authors that i'm discovering for the first time and through him i'm getting into stuff like uh, roberto bolaño and um Neil Stevenson, I've just picked up on pretty recently. I've been really enjoying his stuff. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, so I'm a I'm a creative writer. I have a MFA in creative writing. I I write sci-fi, kind of literary sci-fi. So there's a few different sci-fi authors I'm really into. Um, usually ones that are a little bit more prose focused. Uh, I'm a big fan of William Gibson. Um, I believe I've read 
pretty much everything by him, everything in book form. Um, his first two trilogies, especially, I'm really into. Uh, I mean, I know everyone's into Neuromancer. People are generally into Neuromancer. Um, but, I mean, I, I actually probably like uh, his second trilogy, which I think starts with Virtual Light um, a little bit better. Uh, I think it's called the Bridge Trilogy, I want to say, although I think it might be an unofficial name. Um, so I'm really into Ur- Ursula K. Le Guin. Uh, I've only read four of her novels, and she's she's been pretty prolific. I think she probably has over 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 thirty novels out. But I'm really I've I've been I've greatly enjoyed those novels, uh, and I also collect um, copies of her books. Um, yeah, Pynchon. I'm also into Delillo. Very into Delillo. Besides some plays and short stories, I've read you know a lot of stuff by him. I, uh, me and Will have talked about Cormac McCarthy some already uh, away from the podcast, and I am pretty into Cormac McCarthy. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't really necessarily love a lot of his books. Um, I did really enjoy. I think Suchery is uh, is a contender for the Great American Novel. I was also whenever I was whenever I was in college, I was very fucking into Fitzgerald. Like I, I read like a lot of Fitzgerald and he really um kind of helped me form my, my worldview at that time. Um I've been I've been reading a lot since since basically I learned to read. Um and I switched to adult books around the same time that Cody did, uh, for similar reasons. Um so yeah. Uh I'm I'm also into Stephen King. Um I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm in love with his works, but there's stuff by him I really, really enjoy. I think The Gunslinger by him is is one of the better books I've ever read. I'm kind of into the, like, that whole desert vibe, you know, going across the desert. And, I mean, those books, the first few especially, are kind of trippy, uh, especially The Gunslinger. Uh, I find The Gunslinger really, really well done. And I've read some of his Bachman novels. I think his book, The Long Walk, like uh, I wrote a short story that was kind of my take on The Long Walk. Um, I also wrote a short story that was kind of my take on road work. Uh, both of those got published in like very small magazines. Um, so I do I do use King as an inspiration. Nice. Yeah, I, I just read the whole Dark Tower series for the first time like two years ago. And I, yeah, I loved it. It was great. I'm I'm looking forward to diving back into that one. I like the Gunslinger a lot. I think that one gets a little bit dunked on from time to time, um, but I, I like it for its weirdness. I like that weird kind of atmospheric stuff. Um, Vandermeer, Jeff Vandermeer is another one that I've, I forgot to mention. Um, I really really like his stuff. Annihilation, yeah, I, Southern Reach trilogy. Yeah, I forgot about Vandermeer too. I I taught Annihilation about a year ago in a in a literature class for college freshmen and. Um, I I love Annihilation and yeah the Southern Reach trilogy in general, although I do feel like it kind of gets um, maybe not worse but just I the first book I also think the Gunslinger is the best of the Dark Tower and then I think Annihilation is by far the best of the Southern Reach trilogy but I've been getting into his uh, Amber Amber Grease Amber Gris oh novels. yeah 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 those are cool uh, what about you Will yeah I uh, I have a slightly weird i suppose history with reading i was a voracious reader as a young child you know one of the you know went went from harry potter to like the book thief loved him in turn regardless of you know uh new information changing our opinions uh but then i went to a fairly demanding high school and so i kind of experienced what a lot of people experience in college of just not having the uh 
emotional willpower to read for myself after, you know, doing the assigned reading. So I, that kind of took a backseat for a long time, but a few years back, got back into reading. And I've mostly been focused on high modernism and postmodern writings, just because it's the kind of thing that at least itches an intellectual yearning alongside a bit of that escapism that all books can provide. So for for me, my, you know, I, I, I love pulp fantasy and sci-fi. That's the stuff I read when I was young. Mm. And so I, of course, love things nowadays like Discworld by Terry Pratchett. And uh, in particular, some of my favorite books are, like Luke said, Sutri is one of the best novels ever written. Incredible. Uh, Moby Dick, just pure poetry and philosophy the whole way through. And then uh, just for something a little funkier, uh, you know, I've been getting into Lajlo Krajna Horkai um, with Satan Tango. That is an incredible piece of work that I, I really can see following me the rest of my life. Yeah, we'll have to. I think you and I will have to talk more fantasy stuff later because I... Um... Two of the things I really love are, are the pulpy sci-fi fantasy, but I also really love um, old, like, hard-boiled noir detective stuff from the 30s and 40s. Dashiell Hammett and, like, Raymond Chandler and stuff. I think that's part of what drew me to Against the Day also, with the whole Lou Bass Knight side story. That's, yeah, so I think it's, it's cool. We're, we're all kind of coming from different, um, different areas with, with what we read and have read. What, what other stuff are you guys into? Like, outside of reading, what are your interests? Um, so at the risk of uh, plagiarizing from my dating app profile, um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm into hiking. I go hiking a fair amount. Um, I live in Dallas where there's not I because I, I spent my high school years in Colorado, spent like a significant amount of my 20s in Colorado, uh, specifically Colorado Springs, where um, I think Colorado Springs maybe has the most uh, park area like in the city. But I like hiking a lot. Um I've I've over the past about seven or eight years gotten pretty into tattoos. Uh, I have a Bolaño tattoo. Uh, I have the post horn tattoo from the Pynchon post horn tattoo. I recently, just on Wednesday, got um, some of the graphics from the again Dangerous Visions uh, inside cover of the hardcover. I got some of those tattooed. Pretty into movies. Uh, I've written some screenplays. Um, haven't really done much with those screenplays, but I've written some screenplays. Uh, I do draw and paint a little bit, um, and I collect books. That's cool. I actually i I got my first tattoo um, last year, actually on election day of all days, and I got the post horn. Um, a little late to the game because I'm almost forty, but getting tattooed was always something I was in the back of my mind afraid of because I've always had a lifelong fear of needles. So it was kind of a thing of, you know, I wanted to show myself that I could do it. Um, so I, I kind of told myself, and I don't think I mentioned this to you guys that, um, part of, I think a little challenge to myself, um, with getting more. Cause I, I, and Luke, I'm sure you'll agree. Like once you get one, I, I have already have the itch to get another one. I think what I'm going to do is whenever we finish a pinch on book, I'm going to try and get a thematically related tattoo. So nice. Yeah. That sounds cool. interesting. We'll see how that goes. Um, Will, what about you? What are you into? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not so much into the tattoo kind of thing, although I have been idly musing with a pinch themed one, but uh, you know, haven't made any decisions yet. But uh, I, I am into some more of the survivalist style of art outdoors 
things. I'm a, a big computer science nerd, but I'm really into philosophy and linguistics and that kind of stuff more than the make websites kind of thing. Um, and it, it's for for me that's a that's a lot of stuff that goes into the the love of pension actually. But yeah, lately I've been doing a lot of leather working as a hobby. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, make, making sandals and stuff, thinking about making shoes. I've never known anyone who does that. That's really cool. It's it's a lot of very stupidly hard work for not I would imagine. that much of a benefit, but it's fun. <laughs> I mean, as long as you enjoy it, that's what matters, right? That's the that's the aim. Um, well, for me, like I, uh, so I, I I'm a musician. I have been for a long time, so I um, I do that a lot. I have finally a couple years ago got an electric drum kit i had to go a long time without being able to play drums for various reasons so it's fun to get back into that i I listen to a lot of music and i think that has helped me really uh with with loving penchon and just his love of music um and i i tend to gravitate towards kind of weirder uh like sonic youth is one of my, my favorite bands um i like noisy chaotic kind of stuff um i love film P.T. Anderson is is one of my favorite directors, and I mean he's obviously responsible for getting me into Pinchon. Uh, but David Lynch is a huge, huge influence on on a lot of what I enjoy. Um, just his weirdness and his overall vibe, I absolutely love. And I see him as a very Pinchon esque director. But I also, you know, I, I've got two kids, so I spend a lot of my time with them and with my wife. Um, and I watch a lot of baseball, so baseball season's finally starting up again, and I'm hoping to see my Phillies go back and and win the World Series this year. Yeah, that's um, that's that's me in a nutshell. So let's um, I guess kind of talk about what we're going to do with this podcast. So the general idea is that we are going to take each of Thomas Pynchon's novels and go through them. I don't want to say with a fine tooth comb. I, I don't want it to sound like we're going to try to overanalyze the hell out of them. Um, because I think that kind of flies in the face of what he's about. But I I think the best way to describe it is that we're just going to kind of go chapter by chapter or or small section by small section and kind of dissect what it is that makes him such a special writer. Because I, I don't think, and you know, I, I can't speak for you guys, but I don't think it's fair to um, objectively analyze his work. I think it has to be subjective. Yeah, I th- I'm in agreement there. Yeah, I'm hoping that we we are a little bit we're more like intellectual than academic, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's a matter of you know just discussing like what it is that we you know what what makes it work for us uh, individually. I think we have to analyze a little bit here and there, but I think that part of that is is looking at it. You know, is how do each of us come away with different aspects of this? So the books that have chapters defined chapters, um, we're I think going to try to take depending on the length of them, take them chapter by chapter. The bigger books like Gravity's Rainbow Against the Day um, obviously have the larger um, sections in them, so we're going to chop those up into smaller sections that are more digestible that we can talk about in, in you know, an hour and a half, two hours. Um, but we're going to start with Crying of Lot 49. You know, we, we talked about before all of this is, is probably the best entry point, not just for the podcast, but also I think for a lot of people who are not familiar with his work. Um, simply because, you know, it's not the daunting length of, of gravity's rainbow or against the day. It's not the technical challenge of reading something like Mason and Dixon, where it's written in almost a completely different form of English. Lot 49 is to me, it's, it's just a good kind of gateway into it. It's, it's a good way to see what Pinchon is capable of. 
um, in a compressed form. I think that a lot of his strengths are are present in that book, um, and a lot of what makes him special was present in that book. Yeah, and just to go back to something you you said earlier, I think it's important just to just to note that we are all all three of us are going to make positive specific assertions about the book and about how we interpret certain passages. But we all understand that there that these books are full of different interpretations on multiple different levels. And we're not here to say that we have the truth at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um I I think that I, I think what I want for this at least um is to um you know for people who are new to his work give them a, a jumping off point and, and kind of a way to read along with it. Um, and for people who are familiar with it to just have uh, an opportunity to listen to some different viewpoints, maybe from their own order, kind of reinforce what they, you know, how they take it, you know, each, each of these books. That's the plan. Um, we haven't, I don't think, haven't really hammered home exactly what we're going to do after Lot 49. Um, we talked about doing Gravity's Rainbow. We talked about continuing with the California trilogy, which would be um, uh, Vineland and uh, Inherent Vice. Um, so we'll obviously come up with an idea on where we're going to go after that, but we want to get through lot 49 first, as far as having guests, I know that that was something we talked about and that may be, you know, something we do. I don't think any of us really wanted to bring on anybody in an, in an academic sort of mind. We wanted to try and reach out to people in the Pinchon community, other fans essentially, and you know, potentially bring them on at different points to talk about different aspects of his work. So we'll, we'll obviously provide updates on those as they go around. Um, we do have an email set up. Uh, it's mapping the zone pod at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or you want to provide us comments, you know, we ask that it, it stay, you know, not mean, you know, we certainly welcome criticism, but you know, I, hopefully we can do it in a, in a constructive manner. Um, but any questions, you know, we'd be happy to take a look at them and potentially go over them on future episodes. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to add to the intro? We don't want to avoid academic discussion. We don't want to avoid real analysis and thematic depth of the works. But what everyone who's a fan of Pynchon knows is that academic journals are really the only place you can find any discussion of him outside of nowadays places like the subreddit. And so it, uh, it seems like this is a great opportunity for people to talk about Pinch as, as people and as fans rather than as academics and scholars. Yeah, and as someone that has looked over in the past, not necessarily as recently, but in the past, you know, I've, I've uh, I had access to more academic uh, databases in the past not i don't anymore um and i've i've looked through um you know stuff about pension it's it's very uh gravity's rainbow dominated and it's mm -hmm. very um i'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase this i mean people tend to i feel like people kind of in academic circles they'll make a mountain out of a molehill um and or kind of cherry pick and this is this is generally a problem with academia and academic writing um but they'll kind of cherry pick sections or quotes and um i think kind of ignore like you know ignore the um ignore the mountain for the for the trees or however you say that phrase um 
So I'm hoping we can do a kind of nice mix of, of you know, in-depth uh, tearing stuff apart with while keeping, you know, uh, our minds still on the on the uh, book and his 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 oeuvre as a as a whole. All right, so that's I think a pretty good introduction to us and and what we're gonna do. And um, so we'll see how this goes. I, I have I really look forward to it. I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. I think um, it's it's something that needed to be out in the world and and i'm glad that we can bring it out there and hopefully we can just bring other people along for the ride yeah hope i hope uh, anyone who's tuned into this will follow up and at least listen to the first few episodes of our lot 49 discussions because that's when we'll actually get into the meat of the podcast our first episode should already be out by the time you're hearing this um so go ahead and check that out and uh, we will talk to everyone later